It's Window Nation's semi-annual sale, and it's a big deal. Right now, get 50% off all windows along with no interest for five years plus bonus savings when you schedule a consult today. If your windows leak, get foggy or hot, or you're paying high utility bills, that's a big deal. With Window Nation's semi-annual sale, you can replace your windows and save a big deal, too. Schedule a no-obligation in-home estimate now. Call 866-90NATION or visit windownation.com. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. You're listening to the Go Birds Pod, a radio.com podcast about your beloved birds. Oh, what's going on, Philadelphia? Hello, everybody. It is episode 101, a uh, famous highway in Los Angeles. Something that is uh, Elliot Shore Parks is not driving on right now. In fact, I would, I'd bet good money he's on seventy six or four seventy six and is knee deep in traffic. Is that true, Elliot? No traffic today, but I've definitely never heard of Route one hundred one or whatever in LA. I learn something new every day. Well, there you go, one hundred one Cafe. I mean, that I I feel like you belong in Los Angeles. The hair, the just uh, the style. Well, let me say this: I've been I've been to the West Coast a few times. I've been to San Francisco. I've been to California. I mean, not tough. I've been to Los Angeles. I've been all over San Diego. I think Seattle is the nicest place on the West Coast. Yeah, I agree. I think that in like yeah, I think it's the best city. That in Portland, even though both are you know have their oddities, uh, I think it is. Yeah, those are really really cool out there. Shout out to Oregon for just being in pretty much in a, a an awesome state overall. Uh, also, I also think I would rather live in Arizona over Los Angeles. Also agree. I haven't spent too much yeah. time in Arizona. Don't know if I could hang out in Phoenix, but. Um, definitely hot, some places. Yeah, it's it's hot, but it's dry yeah. hot. I like dry hot. Dry hot's okay. Um, more importantly, uh, the burning question is for me, and it's very self serving. How'd that Josh McCown look today? <laughs> Josh McCown <laughs> looked a lot better. He looked a lot better today. Ding! Than yesterday. Yeah. 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 He, uh, he he impressed. Um, I mean, he didn't get as many reps obviously as Carson. Carson got the far majority of them. And they keep giving Cody Kessler reps which to me is weird because he's not going to be here and I don't get the purpose of it. But um, I guess maybe they want him to play on Thursday night and rest McCown some. So I think I had McCown down to something like six of eight or something like that. But 
he had one really nice team session where he had four completions in a row, including a really nice pass to tight end Alex Ellis, who was cutting across the field to the left sideline, and McCown just led him perfectly in stride to the sideline for the catch. So uh, McCown definitely knocked off some of that rust from Monday and did a better job pushing the ball down the field and not just checking it down. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And uh, Carson, obviously, had a really good day today, too, or at least it, it it sounded like it, it looked like it, and that's pretty exciting. The I'm, I'm guessing the aggressiveness down the field is was still there and it connected a little more today. Well, actually, it was a it was an interesting practice for Carson because I, I think he was better than yesterday, even though his numbers were identical. I mean, basically identical. It was 15 to 26 today with one touchdown, no interceptions. Um, you going did, hashtag eye test here, buddy? If they have the same I'm stats? I'm going eye test. Yeah, I'm going <laughs> eye test. Yeah. Right, uh, I just thought he played better today. Um, he wasn't as aggressive. He, he pushed the ball down the field twice. One of them should have been a touchdown. It would have been his best throw the last two days. I mean, he... So what I really liked that the Eagles and Ravens did was, uh, so basically the last two days, what they've been doing is, well, the first in, the first team practices on one field and the backups practice on another. So you kind of have two team sessions going on at once. At the end of the day today, they took all 90 players from both teams, put them on one field, and they did first team versus first team, almost like a full field scrimmage. So it was, it was intense. It was a really good chance to kind of see where the Eagles stacked up against this Ravens team. And Carson had his best throw of the day in that session. He had a little bit of pressure in his face, launched it down the field about 40 yards to Matt Collins, right over two defenders, right into Matt Collins' wow. hand, and he dropped it. Oh, so, man. Yeah, it was, uh, it was a buzz kill for the team, you could tell. But um, it was a phenomenal throw and a great job by Carson. And overall, I just thought, uh, I just thought he played better. He seemed uh, he wasn't as dangerous with the ball. He had a near interception on Monday, took care of it on Tuesday. So uh, I was I was very impressed with uh, Carson today. Now overall, I mean, we are. I, I've got a, I've got a, a pretty big theory on Carson and this whole training camp and why your charting might be different from even his you know 2017 when he's going in and it's it's the Dolphins and he's going to light it up. Uh, but before right. we get into that, uh, there's no way that any of the starters are still going to go out there and try for, even for a drive, right? You're not. Ex- Still not expecting when. Still not expecting the guys that have been banged up with Lane and Ertz and all that. Like this is this is a, a, a no go for pretty much every starter, right? I would, yeah, I would think on offense for sure. I mean, I know the defense got out there a little bit against the Jaguars. It would completely shock me if they played a little, but yeah, I don't think uh, I don't think you're going to see the starters. I mean, this this was their preseason. This was the the thing they kind of built up for, and. Uh, they got some good work in. They really did. Um, so I, I don't think you'll see any of them out there on Thursday against the Jets. Uh, would you be – I wouldn't be shocked if the the newish-look secondary is out there for a good amount of time, though, would you? Like, if if Lamar Jackson's out there, I would expect Razul. I'd expect Sidney Jones and, and uh, Avante Maddox to all kind of get as many reps as they can, yeah? Well, if Lamar is – if, if Lamar oh, – sorry, I'm tired. <laughs> if, uh, if, ja- if, ja- if Lamar Jackson is out there – uh, I would think the secondary is going to want to play because that means there's going to be passes to be intercepted. There's going to be highlights. Like, man, I came into these two. I came into these joint practices very high on the Ravens. They were maybe my Super Bowl team. I thought everybody was kind of sleeping on Jackson. I thought he was better last year than he was given credit for. That being said, he was atrocious today, yeah. and he. I mean, he threw an interception to Vinnie Curry. He like was throwing passes all over the place. He looked really bad. So. I think you want to see guys like Sidney Jones and Rasul Douglas out there, mostly because 
you kind of have to decide who you're going to start opposite Ronald Darby, assuming Darby plays in week one. Um, but seeing him against Jackson is kind of almost tough to evaluate. Yeah, that's true, too. I mean, it's just in him and Trace McSorley. Like, I think I saw somebody have Trace McSorley for three picks today. Describe to yeah, me. He's awful, too. Did, did you, were you able to see the interception or were, you, uh, were, were they on opposite sides of the field again today? Uh, I saw the Vinnie Curry interception. I did not see any of the Trace McSorley interceptions. Okay, so describe what happened on that play. So it, what was it? Malcolm Jenkins was coming in to blitz and, and Vinnie yeah, Curry just Malcolm- backs out? Yeah, Malcolm was coming in to blitz. Honestly, Vinny didn't even back out. He backed out a little, but, like, Lamar, I don't know if the – I looked like the ball might have been tipped, and it just popped up. But, like, Vinny made a nice play. Like, it, although it popped up, Vinny still had to kind of, like, weep a little bit for it. And then he got up, started running with the ball, and he even tried to pitch it back to Avante Maddox. But at that point, they just called the play dead. But, um, yeah, <laughs> it was a great play by Vinny. That's hilarious. Did he do any kind of dancing afterwards? That's more like a Fortnite dance that he's been known <laughs> to do or anything? The whole team kind of crowded them. And that, that's what I'll say. The, the nice part about the end of the day, and this interception came during the 11-on-11 school team drill, uh, it really made it spirited. I mean, it's been spirited for the last two days, but this not, it raised it a level. And you could really see the Eagles were the aggressor in, in the two teams there, which is, I don't want to say surprising, because it's certainly not like the Eagles have a reputation as a soft team or anything, but the Ravens will always be viewed as one of those teams that's one of the toughest in the league and one of the most physical and the Eagles brought it. They really did. And uh, even just a sideline, like when the second team was in there and Brandon Graham was on the sideline, he was, you know, basically mocking the Ravens. Rasul Douglas <laughs> was joking around. Like they were very much the aggressor, which was not the case on Monday. Well, that's good. Uh, I think that's a good thing. Yeah, maybe Monday was more just a like, hey, guys, welcome to the facility. And uh, now today right. we're going to kick your ass. So that's uh, that's certainly uh, there uh, for sure. I, uh, I wonder, too, if this is – and this is going back to uh, the Carson charting thing after hearing him and Doug kind of speak today. Oh, no, that's what I wasn't going to say that. I was going to say uh, Alshon Jeffrey, I missed this yesterday, but apparently just fucking hates joint practices. And <laughs> reasoning being like there's there's no scoreboard, so it doesn't matter. Like I just want to get to the regular season. He hates his. Why do you think that is? You know, like there's, I know that there's a couple other that echo this sentiment. I'm actually surprised that the majority isn't like, you know, Brandon and Jenkins and all those guys that are just like, yeah, whatever, something different. Just get my mind off of the dog days of, of training camp. Have you seen like anybody else say like joint practices just aren't for me? Is that just an Alshon thing? I think it might just be an Alshon thing. Alshon is, Alshon is one of the more interesting guys I've been around since I started covering the Eagles. I remember when he first got here. And just you would be around him in the locker room in the field, and you would kind of think, like, this guy is like, seems like he's in a very bad mood. But, like, he's not, he's just kind of like chill. He doesn't, so it doesn't really surprise me he doesn't like this with all like the fanfare and like, it just is a different type of practice. I could see Alshon not being a fan of it, but it seems like, uh, it seems like the players do really, other than Alshon, do really like it. I mean, like I said, Brandon Graham was into it. Um, you know, whenever they make a big play, against the Ravens, they would go especially crazy as opposed to when they did it against their own team. So, I, and I know the coaches love it. It gives them a great chance to evaluate. So I always think of when I think of Alshon, I think of uh, that press conference for the Super Bowl where 
he's like sitting there and he's got the shades on and like the hat and he's like this shit is terrible like so Alshon's just kind of like Alshon's a great guy just kind of who he is so that's why kind of why I love him he's like he's the uh he's honestly the the Eagles Mike Scott like he just doesn't give a shit and that's why we love him uh, uh the Mike don't get me Scott started on the Mike Scott hive we can uh, that's <laughs> that's for a different day <laughs> uh, let's just not let's just not just say let's please no Alshon hive yeah no oh uh, yeah, yeah. The, I think the highs are done they're officially done once you get to uh yeah to Mike Scott all right so here's my theory on on Carson um here's what I want you to try and remember and I I, I had a hard time trying to think of this too how many times was Carson Wentz designed or just uh, improving on his own to go out of the pocket in training camp, if you had to guess, in a percentage of throws, l- less than 50, more than 50. Where, where do you think that Carson Wentz was this training camp outside of the pocket? So what percentage of throws did Carson make outside of the pocket yeah. in training camp this year? Uh, well, I would say I have him at right around 330 throws, and I would say maybe three of them. Four of them. Okay, so this fits into yeah. my theory. Carson, don't leave the pocket. That's what you're working on all training camp. Does that make sense to you? After hearing all this and being like such a like, oh, duh. Of course, that's mm-hmm. what they're working on. That's why you're not going to see him as sharp because you are literally t- telling him you can't use this tool. We're going to work on this because he needs it. He needs to become a better pocket passer. But I think that is at least training him to get to that point guard, that Nick Foles stuff, that wherever, however you want to phrase it. But I'm pretty sure that's what they've been working on this entire summer. Do you agree mm-hmm. with that? So I think that they, they get tied together, and in some ways they are. But I think that they're not working – on Carson being a pocket passer as much as they're encouraging him just to get the ball out quick. Now, that is part of being a pocket passer, clearly, but I think that when you look at when the Eagles offense was at their most successful last year, I think we would both agree it was after Week 15 when Nick Foles went in. Definitely. So from Week 15 on, including the playoffs, no quarterback in the NFL got the ball out quicker than Nick Foles. He was at like 2.25 seconds. Carson for the season was around 2.5, 2.52 or something like that. And in reality, it doesn't sound like a long time, but the difference between where Nick was at and where Carson was at is a lot. Like it's 15 players, 15, 16 players. So uh, Nick got the ball out considerably quicker. Carson talked today before practice, as did Doug. In one word you hear them say a lot is quick. Like the offense is moving quicker. The ball is getting out quicker. That's kind of what they're focusing on now. Part of doing that is, like you said, putting him in the pocket, telling him not to move, telling him to, you know, basically sit back there and get the ball out quick. But I don't think they don't, I don't think they're saying don't run. I just think they're trying to say to him, snap it, get it out, snap it, get it out. Because as talented as Carson is, they don't really need him to do a lot of that running around. Like they have the skill position players where if Carson just runs the offense, which is what Nick did, and the, and, uh, the Eagles have, more weapons now than they did last year when Nick was here, um, then the offense should be fine. So I think the focus is just on Carson getting the ball quicker, more so than it is telling him not to run. And that makes sense to me. Uh, but I also think there's a little okey-doke going on there as well. And this is kind of a setup to it where it seems like uh, they're going to try to make Carson, like you said, have that Nick Foles type of release. And that's the the guy's going to be. And even you mentioned he doesn't need to be the guy that rolls out and goes and makes plays. And I'm sitting here saying, 
Absolutely, he does. Not every play, and there are times when clearly he's holding onto the ball a lot, a lot more than than I think even people give it credit for. Even when you put the numbers side by side, uh, there's a, there's a lot to discredit that, and I know that's gone around. But again, we just go back to what our eyes tell us. Now, although that might be true. You know, Foles got rid of the ball a, a lot quicker. I just think he's looking for home runs on every play, which is what you should be. It's a, it's a, along the same lines of what you were talking about yesterday, Elliot, where you're, you constantly are looking to push the ball down the field. Uh, right. they, they want him to do that in the pocket, but now it's just a, it's another element to his game, which he needed anyway, and, and it works in both ways. So I think it, they're, they're not telling him don't, you know, don't elude the pocket. It's just. Hey, for, for now, in in this and what we're doing, and again, this is just we don't know what's going on when the media is not there. But uh, for every time that he's been in front of the camera, he hasn't really rolled out of the pocket, uh, and I, I think that's something to note moving forward because I don't think he's actually going to do that at all. And I think we'll be, probably be pretty surprised when it comes to opening day when he's doing all the all the same old shit that we know and love and successfully doing it um against uh, as you uh, eloquently have put it the the first preseason game of the week against the washington redskins right um and uh, so i don't know I, I agree i i agree i think you want carson to be carson right i mean you want him just to go out and be him that being said doug peterson is one of the most valuable assets in the league because the best teams in the league are the ones that have the best head coaches and their game plan the best. And Doug has shown he can be an asset in that way. And that's why Nick Foles looked good when he was in there because he just ran Doug's offense and he, you know, it allowed Doug's offense to really show. Whereas Carson, you know, could be a little more, you know, audible at the line, that type of thing, like running around, right? So I think you want Carson to be Carson, but I think you, you do want him, though, to get it out quicker. Like I, the Eagles' offense needs yeah. that when it's at their best. So I would like to see Carson make a concerted effort to do that. Um, that you know, but also he has the ability that Nick doesn't, which is to extend plays and kind of make something out of nothing. Yes, exactly. And that's, that, that is, uh, you, you put it a little better than, than I even did. So there is, uh, well, of course, John, that's, you know, <laughs> um, or we said the same thing and you just made it shorter either way. Uh, <laughs> I, I think we're, we're, we've come to an, a little bit of an understanding there. Um, and um, I think it'll be pretty funny on uh, during week one when this all kind of goes to shit and it's 450 yards and five touchdowns we'll all overreact we'll all crown him MVP right then and there and it'll be a good Sunday well, week, week one is going to be amazing <laughs> either way because they'll either blow the Redskins out and everybody will be in my mentions being like oh Carson sucks right like oh look at the gun <laughs> or they'll lose and it'll just be a free-for-all. So yeah. week one is going to be amazing no matter what. Yes. Uh, but before we get to week one, I mean, usually, and this is, again, something I'm still getting used to, this should be the regular dress rehearsal. This is what yeah. we've known since the beginning of time. Okay, the first two weeks are dog shit. They were extra dog shit this year. But this is post-Super Bowl Philadelphia. This is also post-injury quarterback and paid him $32 million and a whole bunch of others. But there's... It's not a lot of people that are going to be starting. We've established that already. But there are still jobs on the line here. And specifically, I think it's still interesting and, and kind of way up in the air in terms of what they're going to do with wide receiver five or six, depending if they even keep six. You've been pounding the table that they'll probably only keep five. Is that fifth one going to be Matt Collins? Because, man, I mean, there's there's it's down to like – just like you said, and now with Richard Rodgers' injury, 
Um, and uh, Derek Gunn, I think, update us on that, where it uh, looks like it's it's going to be somewhat of, of a long-term injury for Richard Rodgers. So is this the time where Perkins just kind of snatches it up from Matt Collins and says, that's actually my spot and that's the way they're going to go? Yeah, so it's interesting. Matt Collins, as I said, he had the big drop today. Um, he had a touchdown on Monday, but not to discredit it, but it's probably a touchdown like 80% of the roster could have made. He was wide open. It looked like it was a breakdown. So, uh, I mean, I, Matt Collins is going to make the team, in, in my opinion. I think he's a, he's the fifth guy. I just don't see – I was just talking with uh, Mike Reese about this. I just don't see a sixth receiver that warranted a roster spot. Like, you can make the argument for Greg Ward, but are they really going to keep Greg Ward on the 53-man roster? I just – I don't see that. Um, I mean, maybe uh, Mark and Michelle, but I don't really think they're going to keep him. So, especially with this Richard Rodgers injuries, I wouldn't – I think Joshua Perkins is going to make the team. And the thing to remember about the fifth and sixth spot at receiver is really those guys are like eighth or ninth on the team in terms of targets. I mean, because they have, the, you know, you have the top four guys receiver. You have the two tight ends, Earth and Goddard. You have the running back. So when you look at those bottom spots, you either have to be a great special teams player or you have to be someone they want to develop. And I don't think there's any young receiver that they're so interested in that they would want to develop them. Interesting. So you don't think that anybody outside of Matt Collins is going to make this team wide receiver-wise? Uh, that would be my current projection. No, I, I just, I mean, well, I'll throw it back at you. Who do you think has even earned the right to potentially stick around? I mean, um, I mean, I think I would, I would, I would pound the table for Greg Ward at this at this point. And I don't know, man. But like, why? Like, what do you? I mean, it, be, because I think he can see. I don't know if he I've, have you seen him play special teams. I was about to say that, and I go, you know what? I haven't seen him on the field do that either. Um, right. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm sure he could. So actually, I think you've talked myself out of it. Other than like you know being around for what maybe maybe three snaps a game. Um, I mean, look, he's been impressive as a receiver. I'm yeah. no denying that. But I, I mean, he, he's really only a slot guy. He's not an outside guy. They have Nelson there, and then Ertz is a back slot as well. And honestly, Goddard might there might be three or four guys that are backups that would be backups um, at that spot ahead of Ward. So Ward to me is a perfect example of a guy that just has had an awesome camp killed it just doesn't matter at all yeah man it sucks sucks for i took yeah, pouring out for, for merrill actually i mean he's gonna be the one that's most broken up about it and uh, I'll when he keep... makes the team we can play this back and uh <laughs> I'll even uh yeah, I, I just feel bad all our nay brown guys i don't think are are, are I, I just think they're all in the bubble other than my boy alex singleton because of numbers and injuries and things that's and he's played really well um, in in basically every camp and every uh, or every training camp practice, every joint practice, and and he's shown up on tape again uh, for two games in a row, and that's to be expected if you've been playing in the CFL for a while. He's got a little leg up there. So I, I don't, who else is who else is you think might be playing for their job? Because I I think now, and we haven't gotten into it with uh, the Toll signing and everybody else here, but I look at the Toll signing as. They can say tackle as much as they want, but if you want him to play in, in any type of regard, that is, he's going to be a guard. Uh, and I think he backs up Big V and, and uh, backs up Brandon Brooks, by the way, who is, according to Jimmy Kempsey, was doing uh, one-on-ones today and winning them, yeah. which is amazing again. Uh, so I think Wisniewski is playing for a job. I and You know, I like I, it's a one-year deal. They can get rid of him right away. Um, and he hasn't been impressive at all when he's stepped in at center. We know what he can do at guard, and we kind of know what Jason Peters thinks about him. 
I mean, I I think there's a there's a chance that Wiz not might not be here. So I can't decide how much to buy into that because everything you said makes sense. He struggled. You know, he's been terrible snapping the ball. There's arguments for keeping other people. But he's, he's got so much experience, and he's, I know he's struggled, but, I mean, do you feel more confident putting in, like, right, so let's say Sayamalu, you know, snapped his leg the first game of week one. Right. There goes one of your starting guards and your backup center. Now, you don't have Wisniewski. Wisniewski will be able to fill both of those roles to some degree. He, he's not going to be amazing at either, <laughs> yeah. but you're not going to have you're not going to sign someone at this point that, in my opinion, will be better than Wiz. And Matt Pryor doesn't seem to have taken a step forward, at least, you know, from what you watch at practice. Right. A lot of plays tackle. Could um, play, Dillard plays tackle. I think tackle. he could play guard. Andre, too, Dillard, Andre Dillard could play guard as well if you needed him to. Yeah, but he hasn't practiced there. And I just think as your first-round pick, do you want to put him in at guard? I I don't know. I just – look, this is a win-now team. Like, if, if – if Sayomalu goes down or Kelsey goes down or, you know, Brandon Brooks goes down and then Vitae is your full-time starter at guard, who do you think you have to have somebody there you feel confident putting in? And, yeah, Wiz has struggled snapping the ball, but I don't know. I, I think cutting him would be would be very dangerous. Okay. I just uh, – I think he's – I think he's I think somewhere on the bubble. Yeah. I, yeah. Um, is there anybody else in your mind that is that is kind of playing for a job that has a shot to make the roster? Um, I mean, Deshaun Hall, I, you know, oh, yeah, one of those guys. Yeah. Uh, Orlando Skandrick, I think there's a good chance he gets cut and then picked back up after the initial waivers, but uh, he's a guy I think that's kind of playing for, for a roster spot. Um, Cyprian spot pretty I safe. I think Cyprian spot is very safe, especially after Blake Countess was released. Uh, I mean, Josh Adams, I think he's, he's played well. Um, so I would say he's, for a roster spot, but the thing about this Eagles team is, I was talking to actually with some, some fans down practice today about this. But when you look at the roster, like how many people are locks at this point? Like 47, 48? Yes. I mean, yep. their game day roster is almost set. Like when you when you look at who could actually, all right, maybe maybe Wendell Smallwood makes a team or someone surprise, surprising makes a team, but their actual game day roster is pretty pretty set. So uh, I think Thursday matters, obviously, because football and it's always good to watch the right. team and see how they look and who plays well but i'm not sure there's a ton of jobs actually up for grabs yeah now that i'm looking at it there really isn't i mean it's just again this is uh like i was saying before it's it's still getting used to the this is still a super bowl roster right. preseason old roster and i think we were just enjoying the moment so much last year that we didn't really pay too much attention to it and obviously we weren't going to see any of Wentz. i don't really remember Foles playing that much in preseason um and uh well, they, didn't they struggle really bad against the Browns. Remember? Yes, they went out there and they were bad. Yeah. Yes. So like, yeah. I, I, have a, I have a preseason question for you. Oh, okay. I love preseason questions. Okay. Yeah, they're the best type of questions. So obviously, the trend is to not play any of your starters at all. Basically, like the Rams did it last year, and they didn't play golf at right. all. It just kind of seems to be the trend. Do you think there'll be a head coach out there that says, you know what, I'm going to play all my starters? for a lot of the preseason, like the first half of all four games or, you know, all of the third game and just kind of go into the season hot. I think there is, I think he's not in the NFL. I think Jim Harbaugh, yeah. Jim Harbaugh would absolutely do that just because. <laughs> yeah, I um, do that. Or Chip. 
I don't think there's ever going to be a coach that's going to come along and, and do that. Like, it's just, it, it really is just so against every data point that you could look at in terms of like how your body's trying to recuperate and all the different, you know, monitors that they have on these guys, all of the smoothies, all of the, the IV intake. Like, they have all of this down to a science of who does and doesn't need a day off again. Another thing that Chip Kelly was semi ahead of uh, and just couldn't right. execute it on. Uh, but th- these are all things that it's just like I I don't I don't see the point in killing your guys either. Like they a lot of these guys don't even aren't even thinking about it. I mean, most vets even if they have to go in for a first half, and they can say, yeah, we don't take plays off because if you do, you'll get killed. But we know that's pretty evident. It's evident by a lot of guys on this roster just through through training camp that it's just hard to it's hard ah. to make it through. And why even why even bother? No, I don't think there'll be another. NFL coach that that comes along outside of uh, Jim Harbaugh that that would that would even attempt to try and do that. Why do you think there's there is going to be somebody at some point that's going to go? Let's turn the switch the other way. Uh, I don't think so. I think that there's like the economic part of it, which is they paid Carson Wentz 126 million dollars. You're not going to, you know, it's like throwing him out there in a rec league game almost. Like, what's the point, right? So it's just not wise to do with you know players that are worth a lot of money. But it would just be interesting to see. I mean, because, you know, a lot of the talk is, well, you know, what if they come out rusty? Like, what if they lose? If they lose to Washington week one, the narrative will be, incorrectly. well, yeah, they didn't get any preseason in, right? So then you lose a game that, you sh- that in theory, you should have won because they're way better than the Redskins. But I just think it would be interesting to see if, you know, someone went back to that way where they played in the preseason, they played, like, into the third quarter, the third week, and see if that team came out hotter and how much it helped their season as opposed to a team that basically, you know, doesn't play at all. Yeah, yeah, that is, uh, uh, I mean, I'm sure somebody will test that, and then that'll be a great, like, that'll be another analytics Twitter debate. <laughs> right. <laughs> to see if there's any, and there isn't. There hasn't been, I don't think there's been correlation between how well you do in preseason, even if your momentum is good, and like everybody's got great reps. There's just like, you know, depending on like you go 0 and 4, you go 4 and 1, 3 and 3, 2 and 2, whatever it is. Like it, it never, ever, ever matters in the in the uh, regular season. So, um, uh, but uh, I, I look forward to the coach that uh, that does that. So, uh, and then when their quarterbacks get hurt, quarterbacks yes, get hurt, yes. it'll they'll be fired on the spot. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, yeah, and and again, just going back and listening. So, uh, by the way, uh, Wisniewski is only. Would only count against two two hundred fifty thousand dollars against the cap, anyway. So right. I'm there's that part of it too. But again, like, um, yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm looking through the roster here too, and I I, I you wonder if uh you know what uh, what they're gonna do with like guys like Hassan Ridgeway or Bruce Hector or things like that. But uh, I mean, the, even even then, like uh, Trayvon Hester's probably gonna make the squad as as the fifty tackle, so there's nothing to kind of really look out for there. Um, it's just, it's just to me like, ho- hopefully the secondary gets a lot of time. Uh, and again, if we can, I feel like every time I say it, it just happens anyway. But as long as there's no more extending injuries coming out of this game, then they should all be ready to rock and roll uh, by uh, by you know week one, and and that's that. And I guess uh, any like any other surprises that you could see. Uh, out of uh, out of this roster here. Hmm. I mean, you mentioned Ridgeway. I, I think he makes the team. I do. Uh, so I would say he's going to make, uh, he's kind of locked. I mean, I wrote about this morning on WIP, but I think four quarterbacks is a possibility for this team. Um, just at the initial cut down, and then you figure it out. I know we discussed this a little bit on the last pod. Yeah. But I really think that 
they want to keep Clayton Thorson around, and exposing him to waivers is risky. It just is. So I, uh, I, I think that's, that'll be one of the potential surprises. That, and I'll throw another one at you. Uh, Boston Scott, uh, I just kind of get the feeling he has a better chance than, um, than people think. I don't know how they'll fit him in there, all those things, but they talked him up so much throughout all offseason. And so now to see him just have no shot at all, I, I find it hard to believe. So I think he has a better chance than people realize. So Miles Howard, Clement, and uh, or Clement, and then uh, Boston Scott. I can't think everybody would be Sproul. okay with that. Oh yeah, and Sprolesy in there too, obviously. So that's Sproles has been not a big part of the offense the last two days. I will say that. I mean, I think he's going to make the team, obviously, yeah. but he has not seen many reps or action against uh, the Ravens. Um, so should be should be interesting to see what kind of happens on Thursday, which. James and I will be at the Parks Casino in their sports book. Um, where actually I was trying uh, to, to figure out a bunch of uh, video streaming software that we just bought. And after two years, God in heaven, uh, it finally landed uh, directly in our studio. So it Can't might wait. might actually be uh, we well not the, not for this one because there's too much troubleshooting going on. But uh, <laughs> we're, we're going to be there back to back week. So if you're around Parks Casino on uh, this Thursday, we're going to be there from in the Sportsbook from five to seven and same uh, the, the following Thursday for both uh, Eagles preseason games. So we should have a lot of fun. And then oh, of course we'll have a a post game up uh, Friday morning just to see if there's anything that did crazily happen and then uh, the only reason why we'd have like an emergency podcast if somebody like completely broke their face so let's hope that that doesn't happen either uh elliot any final thoughts before we leave yeah i got, I got one more final thought All right. so uh i know i think it was probably two weeks ago we did a show on go birds radio where i said i thought this was more of a nine and seven team than a 12 and four team or 13 and three team yeah over, over the last two days i've been very impressed with what i've seen out of this team i think the ravens are very good <laughs> I think the offense wasn't spectacular, but they held their own, and they improved as it went on. Um, from what I saw of the Eagles' defense, which was one of my main concerns, now the Ravens' offense is not very good, and you know it's not a padded practice, and the Ravens are a running team, but I think this is more, now to me, looks more like a 10-6 team than 9-7. So, uh-huh. slow, slowly moving in the right direction, <laughs> but uh, I, uh, I, I was impressed. I think the Eagles should be very... Uh, Eagles coaches and fans should feel, should, should feel very good about what their team showed the last. Yeah, I, I think so too. And it's been uh, it's been a really good camp for everybody. I'm excited for everybody to kind of see, hopefully, what we've been seeing over the uh, over the course of this and see it all kind of show up in week one. Uh, we know that all that can't be true because it's football and there's too much variance. But I'm glad to see that he's uh, now now in the push column, at least for the wins uh, for the season. And I'll say this, uh, non-football related. If, 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 first of all, if you're debating chicken sandwiches, uh, you're doing it wrong. And secondly, it's Bojangles 500 times out of 500. And it's the most underrated fast food franchise on the planet if you're not getting that Cajun chicken sandwich or their steak biscuits or so on and so on. Shout out to Marshall Harris for actually allowing me the good graces to go try Bojangles for the first time when we were traveling down to uh, Tampa last year. And we had the kind of like a little layover that was going over there. But Bojangles is the spot. You can stop arguing about Popeyes and Chick-fil-A. Like, of course, of course, they're going to have good chicken. Who cares? Well, you know who, you know who actually has the best chicken spot in the city? The best chicken sandwich? Oh, it's Federal Donuts. Uh, no, I can't remember the name of the restaurant right now, which hurts my <laughs> argument in the city. But 
<laughs> the vegan spot right by City Hall has a phenomenal chicken sandwich. That's it's not, real chicken. Not but veg, it's, right? It's amazing. That's not veg. Is it? It's not veg, yeah, is it? It's, no, it's, uh, fuck. I can't City think of it. City Hall someone, vegan place. Let's look it up on the old Google. This is really... Right uh, by City Hall. Is New like, Harmony. Uh, no, that's not New Harmony. New Harmony is a great spot. A great spot if you're looking for a vegan Chinese place. By the way, um, I'm sure all of our vegan listeners out there will will uh, will tweet it at me. Hip City but, uh, Veg. Hip City Veg. Yes. yes, that is it. Yes, there's a couple of so them around good. the city. So good. Oh, well, there you go. Yeah. So. Uh, uh, yeah, so we, we can end the debate. It's not a fast food place. Eat vegan chicken or eat Bojangles. Uh, I think that's, there you go, one or the other. That's pretty pretty opposite sides of the earth. But what isn't? Eagles football. We look forward to it. Once again, uh, me and James will be at the Parks Casino. Come hang out and uh, all your questions and comments. At Go Birds Pod for LH Shore Parks. I'm John Barcher. This has been episode number 101 right here on Radio.com and Sports Radio 94 WIP. Go Birds! Go Birds!